0: I have good some more guests confirmed. So we're, we're slowly getting there. Yeah. I'm going to pin down Alex for early next week. So.
1: Oh, perfect. Alex yeah. will be a great guest.
0: Yeah. He'll be, it'll be fun. Um, the guy I connected to you, Ben Schrimner, Um, you had drinks with him in Atlantic city in your first conference.
1: Oh yes. yes,
0: yes. Yeah. I saw he just confirmed. He's not till early May though. So
1: Ben is, he was so nice. Yeah. He's
0: in in the part of the industry I'm going to mention that's actually like really heated up right now. So it'll be, it'll be curious. It was, it was
1: actually really funny. Um, one of his team members and I had a long conversation about whether or not he should buy his daughter a Dyson air wrap for Christmas. (sighs) We had like a 30 minute conversation about it. It was a whole thing. I I was like, well, you'll be her favorite. I was like, but also it's a very overpriced hair." Hair, hair tool it's like a 500 hair dryer
0: isn't she like 13 too yeah.
1: yeah it's not it's not his daughter it was like one of his team members and she was like 13 14 oh,
0: yeah fair
1: fair but like it was one of his sales reps and we were having a conversation about it he's like he's like so as a woman i need your professional opinion
0: that's always the start of a wonderful question
1: I was like, no, I love this. This is the conversation I want to have.
0: I am scared, but let's let's hear what you got to say.
1: Let's hear what you got to say. Is the $500 hairdryer worth it? Yeah. The answer is no.
0: No. Fair enough. All right. We ready? Caffeinated?
1: Let's do it.
0: All right. (sighs) Hey, everyone. Welcome to Stars Lending Leaders. We're here with our everyone's favorite uh, main host or part-time host, I guess, Elena Gardner, uh, Director of Sales and Marketing here at Lodestar. Um, We're going to start kind of a new new monthly kind of check-in that we want to do on the industry. Um, We don't have a good name for it at the moment, but I think I'm going to pitch Elena on bad puns throughout this episode. Um, So always, (laughs) always happy to see um, what, what sticks and what doesn't. Um, but we just want to really um, mm-hmm. update you on what we're seeing in the industry. Um, we're in the middle of conference season now, both Elena and I have been to conferences in the last week. Um, so I want to kind of talk about that and, and what, what's going on um, overall. We're going to call it the uh, mortgage upload for Lodestar is my first. Oh passion. gosh.
1: Yeah. yeah. This is just so everyone mortgage knows this
0: download. is- too. Those are, those are the two bad ones to start. So I haven't really gotten past the load puns. So the mother load <laughs> of data.
1: This is exactly how our brainstorming sessions go too, yeah. is it's like a solid 15 minutes of the entire marketing team, just punning along Yeah. and Jim getting out the worst dad jokes that you've ever heard. And then we come across some, across something that is actually good. Yeah, so there's no, there's if anyone no judgment in brainstorming, it's the process. No, exactly um but yeah it's definitely this is a new concept that we're playing around with so everyone give us your feedback on if you like it it's just kind of the two of us Mm -hmm. talking about what we've seen in the industry from both of our different viewpoints as we attend conferences Mm -hmm. as we interact with customers and clients to kind Mm -hmm. of see um what our unique viewpoint is um on the industry
0: Mm -hmm. so So, you've been to two conferences recently the um ice experience Um, As well as MBA technology, both in Vegas, um, currently um, getting over a a cold or something from a dust storm.
1: Yes, very much not COVID. I like to say that. Um, Mm -hmm. But it definitely uh, Vegas is Vegas. I'll say that. Uh, everyone has a lot more energy than I do. And I, uh, you know, everyone should have, I need more coffee at all times. I feel like in Vegas and I have no idea what time it is. So if you interact Mm -hmm. with me and it's like 10 o'clock and I look like I'm about to go to sleep, please keep in mind it's midnight our time. And I go to bed at nine 30. (laughs) Um, but I think both conferences were really unique in the fact that one, it was just kind of a first outing for a lot of people post COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure you saw that at the MBA uh, New Jersey conference you went to as well, is it's just kind of a lot of vendors first forays. Everyone's got these amazing booth setups um, and you can kind of see everyone trying to interact uh, again. And some of it is a little bit rougher than others as people try and yeah. learn how to network again. Um, For sure, that was some of my favorite stuff is as someone who went to a lot of networking events prior to the pandemic, and then trying to see people network in, you know, post a post pandemic world, or a mid pandemic world, however, we want to phrase that. Um, It's definitely you can tell we are all a little bit more awkward than we used to be. Yeah.
0: I like that. In terms of kind of the, you mentioned like the the interactions and people trying to do it some better than others is there, you know, what sticks out to you of the people who are doing it well, both from a a vendor booth perspective versus um, kind of, personal too?
1: Personal, yeah. I mean, so coming from the events industry, I'm definitely a little nitpicky on people's booths and all of that, you know, Mm -hmm. event setups or something that, I'm really passionate about, and you'll always, I will always fill out your event survey feedback forms if you send them to me because I know how much that feedback matters. Um, my biggest pet peeve attending conferences, and I will always bring this up, is if there is not a non-dairy option on the coffee coffee bar, I am devastated because I cannot do non-dairy mm-hmm. and I listed on all my allergies. And mm-hmm. please, please, please give me something that isn't three different versions of milk. Um, but, It's definitely really interesting to see these just absolutely beautiful displays. I think some of my favorite ones is um, Matchbox had an absolutely beautiful booth at Encompass Experience. And so did uh, Blend had a beautiful booth. Um, I'm trying to think of a few others. Simple Nexus had great booths at both designs. Mm -hmm. And I know they recently went under an acquisition. Um, So it was definitely interesting to see those people kind of spin and that you could tell that they right. were putting things together the day out Cause I believe uh, when we went to experience simple, lexus yeah. had been acquired like a week prior it had been announced mm-hmm. and everything had the new branding on it. <laughs> they were ready to go. Um, and then at, at MBA tech, people really showed up. Uh, Be smarty had a mm-hmm. great booth at MBA tech. Uh, mm-hmm. Byte pro had a great booth at MBA tech. Um, and not to mention just at experience like encompass did such a great job with that show, mm-hmm. making sure that every single um, client, I think felt special and and they did a great job with those parties as well.
0: That always stands out to me as the show that has the best snacks too.
1: There was a donut bar that I think I missed and I'm devastated. Oh, devastated. I saw devastated. it on social media afterwards and I was heartbroken. heartbroken. It was... <laughs>
0: I think it was, it was interesting too. Um, I had an interaction once the the Atlantic city conference is all more of kind of the usual suspects of a more regional conference. Folks go there every year. You have your Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey folks. Um, But a few thousand people, it's, it's always a a fun day trip for us coming down from Philly. And I, one thing stands out to me, um, this, I was walking by this company had this really pretty booth and all that said on their background was next generation mortgage platform. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. I go up and talk to them, and the 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 folks standing there, one, it had nothing like they. I think they were like a credit rating bureau or something like that. (laughs) I was like, you have a nice sign. They're like, we don't really like it because no one has any idea what they do. It was just like super confusing. Confusing. It looked really slick, Um, but it was just it was just an interaction because I thought it was a technology platform, uh, uh, something like that. So I was I was curious to know. But um, so that's, that's what jumped out to me with, with the booth. Um,
1: yeah. I think that's something that, I mean, we've struggled a little with a little bit with as a brand as well is when, yeah. especially when you're meeting with marketing firms and having conversations with really creative driven firms, they tend to describe this, like, you know, for a long time, I'm, I'm just going to use this as the example. We had focus on the big picture on our, on our landing page. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of our, our salespeople came on and was like, you know, I looked at that and I had no idea what you did. Yeah. I was like, that is a very good point. Like solid. Um, so we looked at it internally and we updated it to be about the fact that we're we're fee man- we're a fee management service and <laughs> you know, we we deal with closing costs and all of that. And yeah, it's still very industry specific language, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think a lot of marketing professionals a little bit get removed too much from the process and drive too mm-hmm. much into creative. And I I've, I've been guilty of that. And I think yeah. it's it's hard, right? Because you get in a marketing room and everything is great and everything's a good idea and all that. And then you get out into the real world. And I think it's so important to notice as marketing professionals, we have to look at what's working and what's not working. Mm-hmm. Right. So when we talk about our boots, um, you know, collateral is expensive. Buying pieces yeah. of collateral you know, you have to slowly build a brand. Rebranding is expensive. (laughs) I've talked to, I think three or four different uh, LOS and POS partners that are currently going through a rebrand. We're going, you know, we're still buying pieces from our rebrand and we're all kind of like every show you realize you don't have this, right? Um, And I think it's so important that as you build those pieces, you really have to think about how they work together collectively. And not just think about, hey, this is this one show, yeah. Um, because you know you don't want to, and most of us, you know, if you do have this budget, great for you. I'm really happy for you. Um, but most of us yeah. don't have the budget to go buy one of those beautiful twenty thousand yeah. dollar pre built booths for every show. <laughs>
0: right. So one more booth question, because I feel like we can talk about this for a while. Then I want to oh, shift topics a little bit. Out of conferences you've been to, both in and outside the industry, what's your favorite? thing that people do at the booth to get people involved, right? There's Ooh. alcohol, uh shoe shines, uh poker tables, spinning wheels, coffee bars.
1: Coffee bars, yeah. Yeah. So I think from so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my personal favorite and then I'm gonna go with a cost-effective favorite. Okay. Um so my personal favorite is I always love uh coffee bars or branded or alcohol, the biggest Mm -hmm. thing is making sure that you can get your brand on it um, as people walk away. Because I think sometimes people don't necessarily think about that step. And also those things can be extremely expensive, especially when you're in a hotel, you're paying a service charge, all of that stuff. Um, My personal um, favorite giveaway is actually something, you know, that is not necessarily a giveaway, is something unique that you can do to your own brand. Um, I've seen the, the wheels get the wheels and the games are always fun. And some people like to play them and some people don't. Um, and I think you really have to, I think of the last few shows, I've seen 20 different vendors giving out AirPods. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think it's more about the only thing that I ever entered myself into was for a Yeti because I was like, that is a $300 bag I will never purchase for myself. Mm -hmm. And I think those are the types of things that actually have a longer impact, especially when you're trying to do it for lead gen purposes and collecting Mm -hmm. business cards, name badges, all that stuff. Those tend to be my personal favorite Mm -hmm. is a giveaway that is unique and not necessarily like, you got to think outside of the box. I get the AirPods, you get an Amazon gift card, it's easy, but you know.
0: And one of my pet peeves that reminds me of is for a conference where people are traveling, don't give out a damn TV or something that like mm-hmm. isn't like realistic to actually lug home, right? That is a very good point. A bag's fine, right? AirPods are easy and travelable. Well, gift cards are always good, but like or offer can... to
1: ship it for me.
0: True. Yeah. Exactly.
1: If you offer to ship it for me. That's fine.
0: Um, I, 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 think I have a little bit of a different tact when I think of like the things at the booth, like coffee or, or alcohol, which is good shine, even because there's something to be said for having that captive audience because mm-hmm. you don't really get much time with people at a booth, um, in most cases. So if they're sticking around for a couple of minutes, standing in line, um, that's your chance to have a conversation and capturing leads is all well and good. But if you can have a couple actual meaningful conversations, that could almost be better in a way. So I think 100%. anything that keeps people waiting for something um, that they're going to get um, is always, is always a positive one in my mind.
1: You just want to trap them.
0: Exactly. Forever. That's, I mean, that's why you do it. It's like, Hey, if you want an espresso, you got to wait and let me make my spiel. And you know what? People know that when they get in line. It's true. So, mm-hmm. um, So one of the interesting things in the industry is it's kind of in some ways, run counter to COVID, right? Where we did very, very well, low interest rates in the beginning of COVID, record volume for about a year and a half. That has changed. Um, how, how pervasive is that in, in your experience? How much have you heard folks talking about the industry, talking about kind of the state of things now?
1: I think this just the sales conversation has really shifted in the last year and a half that I've, mm-hmm. I've been a part of it. I think when I first started, it was very much, I don't have time for this. I'm like, interesting concept. I don't have time. I don't have time. Mm -hmm. Um, And as with that, you know, in the last, I'd say six to nine months, we've really seen that shift of higher level management to go from, I don't have time to talk to you to, I don't have time to not talk to you. Mm -hmm. Right. And saying, oh, well, I'm having margin compression issues and actually looking at their cures and actually saying, oh, this is an issue. Um, whereas, you know, when all, everything is good, it's really easy, um, to just say, oh yeah, our numbers are fine. Our numbers are fine. But then all of a sudden when your revenue dips, you have to actually start looking into things like your cost per loan and all of that. And I think coming from the hospitality industry where everything is so meticulously counted, right. To come from an industry where I think our, we had a 12% pull through to bottom line. And that was like the biggest success of the year was Mm -hmm. like, so great. Um, to come to this industry where it's very much, you know, a little bit, a little fuzzier as I talk to lenders, I think where, you know, not necessarily what their bottom line is, but where each percentage is going. Mm-hmm. Whereas in hospitality, I could tell you exactly to the point zero one percent what our food cost was or what our beverage or our labor cost was. I think that's definitely something that the mortgage industry, I think, in lean times tends to to definitely drill in, I think, a little bit more on and let mm-hmm. go as, as volume rises.
0: Right. It seems like people are doing cost audits for the first time in like two, three years.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. And consistency with reporting is something that is so important in good times and in bad mm-hmm. because... The good times are really when your yeah. costs can get completely out of hand because you're just, mm-hmm. one, you're surviving, right? Yeah. When you're so busy that all you can do is survive, you can mm-hmm. really just kind of let your costs run rampant right. and then it's really difficult to pull those back in.
0: Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's, it's kind of like a the more things change, the more they stay the same um, or analogy that I kind of think of as like a little kid soccer game where everyone's just chasing the ball. And I think in that case, um, it's every other sign I saw at the conference was non-QM related, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, what used to be some Prime Mortgages, and that is gotten so popular these days because of higher interest rates and lenders looking for what different products can we offer that people are going to want, how these products now are more competitive than they used to be. Let's go get into them really, really fast right? Yeah. Or what are we doing for the purchase market? Let's attack, attack that, that purchase market. We spoke, I spoke with one of our clients, Draper and Kramer at the conference. And he was saying, he was actually talking about his son who works at a consumer direct heavy refi shop. And he's feeling the pain. He was like, Hey, I warned him for a long time. Um, what's going to happen when this market turns. And for them, they were, they're recruiting. They're not concerned about where the market is because they're kind of having that product mix already. And I think the smarter lenders aren't chasing after that ball because they already have everything set up for that. So I think it was interesting to see how people were ta- trying to scramble. And I think you were talking to operations and technology folks, whereas I was talking to sales folks. So it was a much rosier picture of how things were looking. Uh, 100%. The-
1: <laughs> and I think it's it's a really interesting um, to your point of non-QM is I think, our loan types have started to matter more to mm-hmm. lenders than they ever have before. Yeah, Right. Is mm-hmm. all of a sudden we're getting questions about how far down this niche list of products do you go. Right. Um. And I think that's a really important thing that we're kind of sh- seeing that shift of mm-hmm. what are those other products that you support? Um. What are those other loan types? I think new construction is definitely on the rise. I know a lot of people that only looked at new construction because they weren't willing to bid you know, $40,000 over on a home in some of these more attractive yeah. areas.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that changes. And it could be one of those things you go back in a year and everyone's sign is saying something different instead, right? It's back to mm-hmm. low rate refis or or something like that. So it was it was very interesting just to see kind of the repetitive, the cyclical nature of the industry and something we talk about a lot of it kind of just has that way of of repeating itself of, of things coming back and you know the the same people I think you were talking before about everyone kind of going out to a conference for the first time and since these were a lot of similar folks it kind of feels like you're waking up from a hibernation and like going out of the dead and seeing everyone and like this will sound a little bit mean but like part of it was the game with like who got fat and who got skinny because I haven't seen you in about two and a half years <laughs> So yeah, no. it was I was like, oh wow, they look a little bit different than I remember. Yeah. Oh yeah, they look they look pretty good. Like it's like how how'd you fare at the end of through through this period? So
1: no, I think it, it's definitely interesting to kind of re reignite those conversations and even have people that were talking to us, you know, a year and a half ago and and restart those conversations. Yeah. They're very different than they were mm-hmm. uh, then for sure.
0: But hey, that's that. That's how it goes, and I think where, um, you know, there's a lot to be said for growing a business in a lean time like this because it it makes you take advantage of those swings a little a little bit better. So I think, like we were saying, that the better businesses we work with and see kind of are always focused on on a little bit of everything. focused on what you don't know where the industry is going to go. You don't know when it's going to rain. So just have the biggest umbrella that you can.
1: I think that's a, a great piece of advice, especially for this industry.
0: Yeah, so um, people don't always follow it, but you know that's that's okay. So, well, awesome. anything else uh, to end on? I guess one one last kind of question too. Um, there was a lot of talk during COVID of virtual conferences and things like that. Of is the in-person conference dead? Right? What's going to happen going forward? Has there been anything to convince you that conferences are ever going away? at least in the industry that we're in.
1: I definitely don't think conferences will go away. I think there is an additional value add in virtual conferences and virtual Mm -hmm. education. And I think that it's something that um, we need to be keeping our eyes out open for, I mean, we sent, uh, some team members to a virtual seminar, right. Yeah. That otherwise would have probably not been accessible to them if we're being honest. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those types of things are super valuable, right? Those pre-conference trainings that you pay yeah. that extra money for to sit in a classroom all day, that can probably be done virtual and get a high, a larger reach, reach an ar- larger audience. Right. And especially to some of these lenders that are maybe a little hesitant to send some of their team members because of the cost, right? When you're talking about flying someone out and flights are ridiculously expensive these days Um, and all of that, you know, virtual conferences have a huge selling feature for educational pieces, Um, but for networking and really understanding what's the next greatest thing, um, there's really just an unprecedented value that you can have. Um, at an in-person conference and walking the exhibit floor and all of that is really so valuable.
0: Mm -hmm. Not to mention just seeing how things people are are doing in the industry, reconnecting with folks. Um, I agree with you. We had one of our new sales reps come with me to the conference. um, And I think you realize how much you can learn and soak up from having Mm -hmm. those conversations, how quickly um, yep. opposed to kind of just sitting behind a screen every day. I think one of the things I will probably always love about conferences is you get to do your elevator pitch 50 times. And I will, I will never
1: it gets better every time. Oh, you just
0: have fun with it. But you're like, Oh, let me say it this way. Let me say it this way. Let me see. Like, you know, let me ask these questions. Like there's for me, I come with it, come to it from a pace of curiosity of like, you know, let's, let's just try things out because it's a good time to do it. So I think those are, those are the entertaining things about it and seeing kind of the different, what other folks are seeing in the industry, what they're trying to do marketing wise. I think there's just so much more you learn in person. So I don't think conferences are going away. I think I only hope that there just becomes like a better version of conferences going forward of, you know, more accessible to people, more inclusive, inclusive of people. You have younger folks in the industry getting in kind of those changing things because I think it is, it is important. And I think, I don't know if our generation necessarily feels the same way about conferences as a whole, um, that, that we do just having that experience on, on both of our sides.
1: Yeah. I think there's definitely some value for it, but at the same time, I do think, um, I think conferences are actually going to become in, in some respects more important as a lot of lenders and as a lot of just companies shift to, um, work from home. Right. Cause mm. then all of a sudden that's going to be your interaction with your team is you haven't met your team, but you met them at a conference. Right. right? Um, so I do think there is, I think our generation might be a little bit slower to pick up on it, um, mm-hmm. but I think we'll come around. And I think that over time, right, people will have the same experiences with conferences that we have um, mm-hmm. and realize the value that they can have in making connections and meeting people and right. all of that.
0: Absolutely. So. And they're fun when done right. So
1: they are fun when done right. Yes.
0: Yeah. So. Well, I think this was a fun conversation. The first of our monthly uploads. I don't, I don't like that. We'll, we'll have to No, we we'll,
1: we'll nix that title.
0: Yeah, we'll work uh, on it's it. A, our, our, our monthly mortgage check-ins.
1: Yeah, we're, we're a work in progress over yeah. here. Uh, but exactly. you got to try something, right?
0: <laughs> you got to, you miss all the shots you don't take. That's what it says right behind me. So.
1: Wayne Gretzky. Hey, well,
0: Alita, thanks again for coming on. Um sure we'll have many conversations to come. Have a good awesome. One. Right. Bye.